Section 1 of Excerpts from a Bibliography of the Work of Mark Twain, Samuel Langhorne Clemens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Books. Bibliography of Mark Twain, 1867 to 1879. 1867. The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County and Other Sketches by Mark Twain. Edited by John Paul, New York. C. H. Webb, Publisher. Copyright April 15, 1867. First printing in book form for all items. This book went to press more than once in the year 1867, as authentic first copies differ from later copies on the last 198 page of text, where the letter I in thin is perfect in the first and badly split in the latter. This piece of type persists in imperfect state through the 1868 and 1869 editions. While I list the book as issued in various colored covers, it may be of interest to note that a copy bearing a written date of May 10, 1867, is in the blue cloth, and a confirmation might be drawn from the following extract from chapters from my autobiography, when Artemis Ward passed through California on a lecturing tour in 1865 or 1866, I told him the jumping frog story in San Francisco, and he asked me to write it out and send it to his publisher, Carlton, in New York, to be used in padding out a small book which Artemis had prepared for the press and which needed some more stuffing to make it big enough for the price which was to be charged for it. It reached Carlton in time, but he didn't think much of it, and was not willing to go to the typesetting expense of adding it to the book. He did not put it in the wastebasket, but made Henry Clapp a present of it, and Clapp used it to help out the funeral of his dying literary journal, the Saturday Press. The jumping frog appeared in the last number of that paper, was the most joyous feature of the obsequies, and was at once copied in the newspapers of America and England. I reported my adventure to Webb, and he bravely said that not all the Carltons in the universe should defeat that book. He would publish it himself on a ten percent royalty. And so he did. He brought it out in blue and gold, and made a very pretty little book of it. I think he named it The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County and Other Sketches, price one dollar twenty-five cents. He made the plates and printed and bound the book through a job printing house and published it through the American News Company. This book is said to come also in paper cover, but I have never seen such a copy. It has been claimed that the Jumping Frog story was first written by one Samuel Seabough, who printed it in the Stockton, California Independent for December 11, 1858, and that Twain's adaptation appeared in the San Francisco Alta some six or seven years later. Whoever first told that yarn, 
it is the twain telling that made it immortal as in the case of the plays put in lasting form by one shakespeare bacon the english edition of the jumping frog was published by routledge eighteen sixty seven during the week ending september second according to the publisher's circular nearly four months after the american issue eighteen sixty eight the public to mark twain this was a dodger one-sheet announcement for mark twain's first lecture in california later reprinted in buyer's manual eighteen seventy two in its entirety with the length entitled the public to mark twain his reply the original measures thirteen and a quarter by five and three quarters eighteen sixty nine the innocents abroad or the pilgrim's progress being some account of the steamship quaker city's pleasure excursion to europe and the holy land with descriptions of countries nations incidents and adventures as they appeared to the author with two hundred and thirty-four illustrations by mark twain samuel l clemens issued by subscription only and not for sale in the bookstores residents of any state desiring a copy should address the publishers and an agent will call upon them hartford connecticut american publishing company copyrighted july twenty eighth eighteen sixty nine publication date is lacking which may have been immediate upon copyright but certainly not later than september fifth of which date there exist presentation copies in the first printing on pages seventeen and eighteen of contents the numerals at the right of the page are missing they were supplied in later impressions of the same year as was the word conclusion at the foot of page eighteen also there is no cut on page one hundred and twenty nine the large vacancy there being subsequently filled with the portrait of napoleon the third chapter x l i page six hundred and forty three was later corrected to chapter l x i innocents abroad was reprinted in england without permission by houghton in two parts the innocents abroad and the new pilgrim's progress each volume carries the publisher's lists of eighteen seventy and is listed by the spectator may fourteenth eighteen seventy the two volumes were later made one under the title mark twain's pleasure trip on the continent also bearing the publisher's lists for eighteen seventy the following from chapters from my autobiography will be of interest here in june i sailed in the quaker city excursion i returned in november and in washington found a letter from elijah bliss of the american publishing company of hartford offering me five per cent royalty on a book which should recount the adventures of the excursion in lieu of the royalty i was offered the alternative of ten thousand dollars cash upon delivery of the manuscript i consulted a d richardson and he said take the royalty i followed his advice and closed with bliss by my contract i was to deliver the manuscript in july of eighteen sixty eight i wrote the book in san francisco and delivered the manuscript in contract time bliss provided a multitude of illustrations for the book and then stopped work on it the contract date for the issue went by and there was no explanation of this 
At last, toward the end of July, 1869, I think, I lost patience and telegraphed Bliss. Then the canvassing began and went briskly forward. In nine months the book advanced the American Book Company stock from twenty-five to two hundred, and left seventy thousand dollars profit to the good. The Routledge author's edition of Innocents Abroad follows the Houghton style of issue in two volumes with titles The Innocents Abroad and The New Pilgrim's Progress, but was not published until 1872, if one takes the date of the preface. This preface is the important feature of the books, being specially written for the English authorized edition and divided between the two books. It reads in part, At the request of Messrs. George Routledge and Sons, I have made a patient and conscientious revision of this book for republication in England, and have weeded out of it nearly, if not quite, all of the most palpable and inexcusable of its blemishes. At the same time I have wrought into almost every chapter additions which cannot fail to augment the attractions of the book or diminish them. It is probable that the patient and conscientious revision referred to above meant merely the alteration of a few passages with a view to more complete copyright protection. I leave it to the more persistent collector to collate the volumes word for word. 1870. The Piccadilly Annual of Entertaining Literature, Retrospective and Contemporary. Mark Twain is represented by Story of the Good Little Boy, page 25, Wit Inspirations of the Two-Year-Olds, page 26, The Late Benjamin Franklin, page 28, Higgins, page 57, Hogwash, A Touching Incident, page 81, All First Printings in Book Form Mainly Taken Without Permission from the Galaxy Magazine. 1871. Mark Twain's Burlesque Autobiography and First Romance. Vignette, New York, Sheldon and Company, under the Grand Central Hotel. The above title in border is on the first page, which is practically the front cover of the copies not bound in cloth. Copyrighted February 10, 1871. Published February 18, 1871. The first edition may be distinguished by the reverse of title, on which page the copyright notice was put at the bottom of the page in later printings, and an advertisement of Ball, Black & Company inserted. To the English unauthorized edition of this book, published by Houghton, is added the story On Children, which Mark Twain disclaimed. This edition carries publishers' lists for 1871, but I cannot give its exact date. The Routledge authorized edition is listed by the publisher's circular for May 16, 1871. 1871. Mark Twain's Memoranda from The Galaxy, Monogram, Toronto, C. A. Backus, Publisher, 1871. Memoranda is the great volume of mystery for the Twain collector. Not only is it very rare, but since it is a pirated book, the date of its printing has gone unrecorded, and may never be certified. It contains, with half a dozen exceptions, the series of paragraphs contributed by Mark Twain to the Galaxy magazine in 1870-71. 
practically the same material with a few more commissions of the galaxy material and the addition of the medieval romance appears in screamers and eye-openers companion volumes published in august eighteen seventy one by houghton in london none of the three contains the galaxy contributions for april eighteen seventy one and all of them contain articles from february eighteen seventy one this is the third and last output of paragraphic material from twain's pen the first being in the pacific coast newspapers selected items collected later in the jumping frog eighteen sixty seven the next output was in the buffalo express these small and hasty effusions did not seem to appeal to their author as proper book material until the activity of the pirates caused the production of an authorized sketches by routledge in london even then no regular publication was attempted in the united states until eighteen seventy four seventy five in sketches number one and sketches new and old which contain only a selected residuum of this large amount of fugitive material the piccadilly annual of course predates memoranda for its short selection of the galaxy articles but there is nothing by which to actually determine as between memoranda and the contemporary screamers and eye-openers yet for convenience sake i place memoranda before the other two eighteen seventy one eye-openers good things immensely funny sayings and stories that will bring a smile upon the gruffest countenance vignette by mark twain author of pleasure trip on the continent the innocents abroad and the new pilgrim's progress the jumping frog screamers a gathering of delicious bits london john camden houghton all rights reserved first edition memoranda considered for journalism in tennessee eighteen seventy one screamers a gathering of scraps of humor delicious bits and short stories vignette with script quotation by mark twain author of pleasure trip on the continent the innocents abroad and the new pilgrim's progress the jumping frog eye-openers a collection of good things london john camden houghton all rights reserved first edition allowing memorandas first for holiday literature baker's cat soda water the undertaker's story a traveling show and about barbara mark twain disclaims the following stories almost incredible true story of chicago on children train up a child and away he goes and vengeance for letter concerning which see lectures of bret hart nineteen o nine eighteen seventy two nast's illustrated almanac picture of merry-go-round eighteen seventy two published by harper and brothers new york this is the first american appearance that article having been previously published in the piccadilly annual in england copyrighted september eighth eighteen seventy one published october tenth eighteen seventy one eighteen seventy two roughing it by mark twain samuel l clemens fully illustrated by eminent artists issued by subscription only and not for sale in bookstores residents of any state desiring a copy should address the publishers as below rule hartford connecticut american publishing company copyrighted december sixth eighteen seventy one 
Copy filed in Washington February 19, 1872. In later impressions of this book, the capital M in first line of contents, page 11, and the letter Y in the word my, first word of chapter 1, page 19, are broken, while in the first impressions they are perfect. 1872. Roughing It by Mark Twain, Samuel L. Clemens, author of the celebrated Jumping Frog, copyright edition, London, George Routledge and Sons. Listed by The Spectator for the week ending February 10th, 1872. 1872. The Innocents at Home by Mark Twain, author of the celebrated Jumping Frog, copyright edition, London, George Routledge and Sons. Published February 10th, 1872. This is the second half of the work entitled Roughing It, as published in the United States, and this English publication seems to antedate the American issue by about a week. 1872. A Curious Dream and Other Sketches by Mark Twain. Selected and revised by the author. Copyright London, George Routledge and Sons. First edition for all items except facts in the case of George Fisher, deceased. 1872. Mark Twain's Sketches. Selected and revised by the author. Copyright edition, London, George Routledge and Sons. Listed in the Spectator for the week ending June 1, 1872. First printing in book form for Author's Advertisement, Prefatory, and Cannibalism in the Cars. 1872. Practical Jokes with Artemis Ward, including the story of The Man Who Fought Cats, Vignette, by Mark Twain and other humorists. London, John Camden Houghton. All rights reserved. Listed in Spectator for week ending August 24, 1872. The other humorists line on the title page makes this a puzzler. Most of the contents are authentically Mark Twain, but personally I should question the following. Dr. Mulgrub's Bitters, Call a Man, A Melting Story, Buying a Corner Lot, The Unsophisticated Infant, Just One More, and the Man Who Fought Cats, A Goke by Artemis Ward, and Artemis Ward are not by Twain. The book is first printing for all items except How Mark Twain Was Sold in Newark, Mark Twain's Remarkable Stranger, To Raise Poultry, Mark Twain's California Experience, Mark Twain's Disgraceful Persecution of a Boy, and Mark Twain's Tone Imparting Committee. Introduction and Mark Twain and the Highwaymen are anecdotes only. 1872. The Buyer's Manual and Business Guide, being a description of the leading business houses, manufactories, inventions, etc., of the Pacific Coast, together with copious and readable selections, chiefly from California writers, compiled by J. Price and C. S. Haley. San Francisco, Francis and Valentine, Steam Book and Job Printing Establishment, 1872. This not being a registered book, it may or may not have been issued before Practical Jokes. If first published, it is the first edition for Mark Twain's first interview with Artemis Ward. If later issued, it is first American edition of the story named, as for Entertaining History of the Scriptural Panoramist. The public to Mark Twain, his reply, was first printed as a Dodger for the lecture therein advertised. 1873. 
Tom Hood's Comic Annual for 1873, with 23 pages of illustration by the brothers Dalziel, London, published at the Fun Office. How I Escaped Being Killed in a Duel, by Mark Twain, pages 9091. 1873, A Book for an Hour, containing choice reading and character sketches, A Curious Dream, and other sketches, revised and selected for this work by the author Mark Twain. First edition for A Self-Made Man, and first American edition for all other items. Copyrighted April 15, 1873, filed in Washington May 26, 1873. 1873, Nast's Illustrated Almanac, Picture of Merry-Go-Round, published by Harper & Brothers, New York. Contains the story of the good little boy who did not prosper. This is the first American appearance of that story, it having previously been printed in the Piccadilly Annual in England. Copyrighted October 2, 1872, published October 11, 1872. 1873, the choice humorous works of Mark Twain, now first collected, with extra passages to The Innocents Abroad, now first reprinted, and A Life of the Author, illustrations by Mark Twain and other artists, also portrait of the author. London, John Camden Houghton. This seems to be the first printing in book form for Information Wanted, How I Secured a Birth, and Mark Twain as George Washington. 1873, 100 Choice Selections, Number 6, Uniform with the Series, being a repository of literary gems, eloquent, pathetic, serious, and amusing, adapted to the use of lyceums, temperance societies, public readers, exhibition rooms, anniversaries, family firesides, schools, etc., etc., compiled and arranged by Phineas Garrett, author of 100 Choice Selections, Numbers 2, 3, 4, and 5, and Excelsior Dialogues, published by P. Garrett and Company. Contains in pages 118 to 120, Mark Twain on Juvenile Pugilists. I have not seen this elsewhere, but it is in Twain's earlier manner, apparently. 1874, Nast's Illustrated Almanac, Picture of Merry-Go-Round, published by Harper and Brothers. Contains a deception, pages 30-31. This is the first American appearance of that story, it having a previous appearance in A Curious Dream in England. The article was later headed How the Author Was Sold in Newark. Copyrighted September 18, 1873. Published October 11, 1873. 1873-74. The Gilded Age, A Tale of Today by Mark Twain, Samuel L. Clemens author of Innocence Abroad, Roughing It, etc., and Charles Dudley Warner, author of My Summer in a Garden, Backlog Studies, etc., sold by subscription only, Hartford, American Publishing Company, 1874. Other title pages printed in the same form at the same time bear name of another firm under American Publishing Company and are dated 1873. The original sheets were bound up with these various title pages, and published in December, 1873. Copyrighted April 23, 1873. Copy filed in Washington, January 6, 1874. However, I have a copy with presentation inscription of December 24, 1873, 
and the american publishing company books show the actual publication some days before that time much confusion has been injected into the first edition question on this book by the existence of a title-page bearing american publishing company eighteen seventy three it is almost certain that this was printed separately by a firm desiring to evade subscription restrictions and substituted for the original page it lacks the name of one of the illustrators white and on the reverse the electrotyper is omitted and is in different face type from other printings mr bliss of the american publishing company certifies that no such fonts of type were in the possession of his company added certainty is given to the restriction evading theory by the fact that numerous other copies exist with a rectangular slit at the bottom of the page where a firm name has been cut out to enable them to sell at a reduction to the trade without detection the real test of the first edition of the gilded age may be found on page four hundred and three no illustration is to be found there in the first printing yet philip leaving laura tail piece is called for by the list of illustrations this cut was afterward supplied even in some copies dated eighteen seventy three later copies generally have two leaves of publishers lists after text an entry on the publishers books shows that the first sixty copies from the bindery were sent out stitched without covers for review the copy for the boston transcript shows on the title page american publishing company eighteen seventy four and lacks cut page four o three i have seen no correct copy in eighteen seventy four bearing more than one firm name on title all copies seen in eighteen seventy three have more than one firm name the name eschol sellers for one of the principal characters of the book runs through more than one edition on the protest of an actual owner of the name it was changed to beriah sellers but as stated above this has no bearing on the actual first printing i have not been able to secure the english edition or to determine its date the english catalogue lists it as three volumes eighteen seventy three seventy four possibly that means that the three volumes were not issued together it is listed in the publisher's circular for june sixteenth eighteen seventy four from the evening mail may fifth nineteen ten how mark twain and charles dudley warner came to write the gilded age by e j edwards the late stephen a hubbard who was for many years the managing editor and one of the owners of the hartford connecticut current when joseph r hawley was editor and charles dudley warner the author and humorist co-editor told me this the real story of the manner in which mark twain and mr warner came to write the gilded age which was published in eighteen seventy three after mark twain came to hartford to live said mr hubbard he early made the acquaintance of mr warner being especially attracted to him because of the success of the deliciously humorous book my summer garden which gained mr warner national fame and which was the first of his separate writings the acquaintance ripened into intimacy and the families of the two men were frequently together it happened that one evening when the twains had the warners at a family dinner 
something was said about the success of Innocents Abroad. Thereupon both Mrs. Clemens and Mrs. Warner began to twit Mark Twain. They made all manner of good-natured fun of his book, called it an accidental hit, and finally ended up by defying him to write another work like it. In high good humor Mark Twain turned to Mr. Warner, "'You and I will show these ladies that their laughter is unseemly, and a cracking of thorns under a pot,' he cried. "'We'll get together and write a story, chapter by chapter, every morning, and we will so interweave our work that these wives of ours will not be able to say which part has been written by Mark Twain and which by Charles D. Warner. For once a week we will gather in my library and read the story to them as it has progressed under our pens. What was spoken in jest was acted upon in the spirit of jest, Mr. Warner agreeing to meet Mark Twain every morning for an hour or two, so that together they could write a new story somewhat on the lines of Innocence Abroad. After they had been at work on their little joke for a little while, they became thoroughly interested in it, and then Mark Twain proposed to introduce the character of Colonel Sellers in the story. Both he and Mr. Warner grew actually enthusiastic over it, and their wives confessed their deep interest in it as it was read to them as the writing progressed. So the jest was carried on until the story was about half finished, if I remember correctly, when it suddenly occurred to Mark Twain that it might be worth publishing. If it interested the wives of the authors, it ought to interest the public. Therefore Twain approached his publishers and told them that he and Mr. Warner were jointly writing a book, and he wondered whether he could make arrangements with them to publish it. They jumped at the proposition. The book was published under the title of The Gilded Age. It sold beyond all expectation for a while, and then suddenly the sales dropped. The book returned some profit to the joint authors and the publishers. Copyright 1910 by E. J. Edwards. Later on the book was dramatized with Raymond Hitchcock in the title role. The play was a great success for a number of years until Mr. Hitchcock withdrew, owing to a difference of opinion between him and Mr. Clemens. After that it failed to attract the public. Another interesting point concerning the Gilded Age is with reference to the mottos in various languages used as chapter headings. They were furnished by James Hammond Trumbull, librarian of the Wadsworth Library in Hartford, Connecticut, and the translations may be found in the American Publishing Company's uniform edition of the book. 1874. Number 1. Mark Twain's Vignette. Sketches. Authorized edition. With illustrations by R. T. Sperry, American News Company. Copyrighted May 9, 1874. Copy filed in Washington, June 4, 1874. First edition for A Memorable Midnight Experience. Rogers, and first American edition for most of the other stories. The first issue shows a clean last page of cover, an Aetna life insurance advertisement dated 1877 on that cover denotes a later issue. 1875. Lotus Leaves. 
original stories, essays, and poems by various authors, including Mark Twain. Edited by John Brougham and John Elderkin. Illustrated. Boston, William F. Gill and Company. Copyrighted December 12, 1874. Copy filed in Washington, January 22, 1875. Mark Twain contributes An Encounter with an Interviewer, pages 27 to 32. 1875. Mark Twain's Sketches, New and Old, now first published in complete form, sold only by subscription, the American Publishing Company, Hartford. Published July 21, 1875. The first printing is marked by the paragraph from Hospital Days, page 299. An erratum slip was pasted in at that page, which reads, By an error of the publishers, the above sketch, from Hospital Days, was inserted in this book. It should not have been, as Mark Twain is not the author of it. It will not appear in any future edition. Curiously enough, the copy for this skit exists entirely in the writing of Mr. Clemens, and the crossing out by him of the name thereon of Jane Stuart Woolsey in sending it to the printer does not entirely set at rest the suspicion that Samuel, and not any Jane, was the guilty person. Perhaps Mr. Clemens really intended it to go in, and it was an officious printer who took it out on his own responsibility. The first issue also has a duplicated note, pages 119 and 120. 1876. Old Times on the Mississippi by Mark Twain, author of Innocence Abroad, Roughing It, etc., etc. Toronto, Belford Brothers, Publishers, 1876. First printing in book form for Old Times on the Mississippi and A Literary Nightmare. Old Times on the Mississippi was later incorporated in Life on the Mississippi, 1883, and A Literary Nightmare was reprinted under the title Punch Brothers Punch, 1878. Old Times on the Mississippi was also printed in England, and it is barely possible that it preceded the Canadian issue. I cannot give the English date. Later issues in the same year of the Canadian book contain mention of Tom Sawyer on the title page as one of the author's works as well as an ad of same book on reverse of half-title. 1876. Information Wanted and Other Sketches by Mark Twain. Two-line authorization signed. London, George Routledge and Sons. I cannot give the exact date of publication, but I have seen a presentation copy dated June 4, 1876. 1876. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. London, Chatto and Windus, Piccadilly, All Rights Reserved. Published June 9, 1876, over six months before the American issue. It is claimed that a certain Canadian pirated edition, set up from proof sheets stolen day by day by a printer at the American Publishing Company, was the first issue, but it could hardly be previous to this English edition. 1876, History of the Big Bonanza, an authentic account of the discovery, history, and working of the world-renowned Comstock Silver Lode of Nevada, including the present condition of the various mines situated thereon, sketches of the most prominent men interested in them, incidents and adventures connected with mining, the Indians, and the country, amusing stories, experiences, anecdotes, etc., etc., and a full exposition of the production of pure silver by Dan DeQuille sold by subscription only 
Hartford, Connecticut, American Publishing Company. Copyrighted July 12, 1876. Copy filed in Washington September 20, 1876. One page introductory is by Mark Twain. This book is very desirable to the admirer of Twain, as it was written by a fellow worker on the Virginia City Enterprise of Nevada, who figured as one of the characters of Roughing It, and is a most readable supplement and commentary on same. 1876. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. The American Publishing Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Tom Sawyer was first printed on a good-quality calendared paper and changed during the same year to much heavier, cheaper paper. In the first issue there are two blank, unnumbered pages, one before and one after the preface. This latter feature, however, was repeated in some issues in later years. Early in the first year an indent or gouge was made in the bottom line on the first page of text, which persists through all later imprints from the same plates. 1877, Volume 3, Whole Number, 10, The Quarterly Elocutionist, Readings, Recitations, Declamations, and Dialogues for School, Parlor, and Platform, edited and published by Mrs. Anna Randall Deal, 148 pages of text with Mark Twain's Literary Nightmare, pages 130 to 136. This is the first American printing in book form, allowing this to be a book, of this story, later entitled Punch Brothers Punch. The poem around which the sketch was written was issued as a song set to music, 1876. Did Mark Twain write the poem? 1877 a True Story, and The Recent Carnival of Crime, by Mark Twain. Boston, James R. Osgood and Company. Copyrighted September 17, 1877. Copy filed in Washington September 19, 1877. 1878. Punch Brothers Punch, and Other Sketches, by Mark Twain. New York, Sloat, Woodman and Company. First edition for Random Notes of an Idle Excursion, Speech at a Dinner of the Knights of St. Patrick, The Loves of Alonzo Fitz Clarence, and The Canvasser's Tale. Copyrighted and filed in Washington, March 14, 1878. The English edition was published by Chatto and Windus under the title An Idle Excursion, listed by Spectator for the week ending March 30, 1878. Another firm published Mark Twain's Nightmare, and in Scotland appeared Punch Brothers Punch. Canada contributed during the same period An Idle Excursion and Rambling Notes of an Idle Excursion. One of them may have been issued previous to the American publication, but as most of them were pirated, there is little hope of obtaining the exact dates except by accident. 1879. One Hundred Choice Selections. A rare collection of oratory, sentiment, eloquence, and humor for public readings, winter gatherings, social entertainments, elocutionary exercises, temperance societies, exhibitions, lyceums, etc., designed to accompany the preceding numbers. Published by P. Garrett & Company, Philadelphia, PA. Above title was not taken from the first printing, so I do not attempt to collate fully. It contains pages 172 to 174, Jim Wolfe and the Cats. The story is undoubtedly Twain's, but the phrasing and spelling indicate a probability of its being a lecture report and not a direct contribution. 
in one of the chapters from my autobiography mark twain states that during his stay in england about eighteen seventy three the story entitled jim wolf and the cats was sold without warrant to tom hood by a certain young man how i escaped being killed in a duel appeared in tom hood's annual for eighteen seventy three but i have not seen the issues for the ensuing years end of section one books 1867 to 1879